a reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, As the Father loves me, so I also love you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment. Love one another as I love you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I no longer call you slaves, because a slave does not know what his master is doing. I have called you friends, because I have told you everything I have heard from my Father. It was not you who chose me, but I who chose you, and appointed you to go and bear fruit that will remain, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. This I command you, love one another. The Gospel of the Lord. We're in the middle of Jesus' farewell discourse in the Gospel of John. The twelve have just eaten together with Jesus, and Jesus has washed their feet and given them a new commandment. After declaring, I am the vine, you are the branches, Jesus repeats the new commandment, Love one another as I love you. Love is both who you are and who you are still becoming, like a sunflower seed that becomes its own sunflower. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that God loved us. In calling us to love, Jesus is inviting us to enter the indwelling love he has with the Father. I've said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. What God desires for us is the same desire all loving parents have for their children. To what shall this complete joy be compared? A little later in the farewell discourse, Jesus compares it to childbirth. When a woman is in labor, he said, she has pain, because her hour has come. But when her child is born, she no longer remembers the anguish because of the joy of having brought a human being into the world. So you have pain now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. Jesus' mission is for the sake of joy, like the joy of a new mother, strong and creative, exhausted and exultant, a joy that is no stranger to anguish, and above all, the joy of having brought new life into the world. Love is always generative, It always looks like laying down your life for your friends. 
This is what Peter experienced in the house of Cornelius. A little background will help us to understand the story. The Old Testament has very clear rules about clean and unclean food. We would think of these as kosher laws. The way Luke tells the story, Peter was on the roof in prayer at Joppa when he had this vision. A canvas came down filled with food, both clean and unclean. A voice said, Rise and eat. Peter, a good Jew, said, Nothing unclean has ever touched my lips. The voice said, What God has made clean, you must not call profane. Peter was puzzled by this vision. But then a man came from the house of Cornelius, a Gentile house. All his life, Peter had kept the Jewish laws. Clean or profane was all about keeping things separate. These food laws meant that Jews could not eat with Gentiles. The unintended consequence was that what was meant to separate food also kept people apart. In the house of Cornelius, Peter began to see that this is not how God loves. Everyone and everything is loved absolutely, because that is how God does things. God, being God, does not do things partially. God loves everything, totally, completely, perfectly, absolutely. Peter was blown away by this discovery. In truth, I see that God shows no partiality. Rather, in every nation, whoever fears him and acts uprightly is acceptable to him. And when we see that God shows no partiality, it begins to change the way we see each other. When we realize that we are loved in this way, we start to imitate God's love, loving one another with the same love that loves us. Father Michael Himes says that the least wrong way to think about the mystery that we name God is that God is love, but a very particular kind of love. The word chosen in the Greek text is agape. It's not eros, which is a love that seeks fulfillment in that which is loved, nor philia, which is companionable love or friendship. Agape is a purely other-directed love, a love that seeks no response and demands no return, a love centered totally on the beloved. We could translate agape as self-gift. If God is self-gift, this means that the reason that there is something rather than nothing is that it is loved. All that exists is loved into being. All that exists, everything as well as everyone, is loved absolutely. And that's why it exists. Not to be loved by God is not to be damned. It's simply not to be. The opposite of being loved by God is not damnation. It is non-existence. On Holy Thursday, the night Jesus gives us the new commandment to love, we sing a 12th century hymn, 
ubi caritas et amor, Deus ibi est, where charity and love are, there God is. When one dwells in God's love, God is truly present. There is no end, no limit to God's love. Love does not deplete itself. It's like the flame of the new fire at the Easter Vigil. It enters the dark space, a single flame. As other candles are lit from it, its light is not depleted. Each candle flame is the same, and the light spreads through the space until the room is full of light. We sing the glories of this pillar of fire in the Easter exultet, the flame of which is not diminished, even when its light is divided and borrowed. An ancient definition of God says that God is an intelligible circle whose center is everywhere and whose circumference is nowhere. Despite our attempts to confine God, God cannot be limited. When Peter began to grasp where God was leading him, he asked, Can anyone withhold the water? Like love, water tends to permeate and overflow limitations. Like joy, water resists attempts to contain it. As Jesus says to the woman at the well, The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. In the end, it's not what we say about love, but how we love that changes everything. Love one another as I love you.